If you like radio that isn't bought and paid for by the usual bad guys, please subscribe to Truth Jihad Radio. You can go to truthjihad.com or you can visit my substack at kevinbarrett.substack.com. The key thing is don't be inhaling, don't be ingesting. Stay inside, don't drink or eat anything. These are important questions. I understand that. Highest moment the last eight years. Hmm. Highest moment the last eight years. Well, I think that the most important, the most compelling was uh, was 9-11 itself. Welcome to the special live edition of this week's Truth Jihad Radio. I'm Kevin Barrett, just back from Iran where I, uh, well, I had some very interesting experiences I'll probably talk about with tonight's guests. And tonight we are talking about the 44th anniversary of the Islamic Revolution and all sorts of related topics, many of which kind of veer off into discussions of the question of evil. Lynn Din will come on in the second half hour of this show talking about his uh, piece on Paul Bowles' story, A Distant Episode, which is a meditation on evil, but perhaps also a an Orientalist uh, fantasy. We'll get into that then. And in the second hour, Zafar Bangash of Crescent International, the world's leading Muslim news and current events magazine, will discuss the 44th anniversary of the Islamic Revolution and his new article on that topic. And now, in the very first hour of tonight's show, Maisun Rice, who's been a repeat guest on this show, comes on to discuss, well, various things, including the possibility that this horrific, tragic earthquake uh, in Turkey and Syria was, in fact, some kind of attack using a harp-like technology. In other words, it might be a synthetic earthquake. And then she has a lot of other things to discuss, too. So let's get going. Hey, welcome, Maisun. It's great to have you back. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam, Kevin. It's been a long time. It's been a while. I think it's been three years. <laughs> My goodness, time time flies when you're having a wonderful time uh, looking at all the terrible things happening in the world. Exactly. Um, if if you would allow me just um, a, a minute, um, taking into account uh, the the tragedies of um, the earthquake victims and also uh, the number of Palestinians who've been murdered by the Israelis, especially the beginning of this year. It it comes to about 42 in the last six weeks alone. And then I think it was 238 last year. Um, I I just want to to say a little like a dua, um, if if you don't mind me saying it. No, please do. Um, It goes like this. Anyway, alhamdulillah, all thanks to Allah. For we are healthy and alive. Alhamdulillah, we have a safe house to live. Alhamdulillah, we have food to eat and water to drink. Alhamdulillah, we have eyesight, ears, hands and feet. Alhamdulillah, for the good and the bad, for happiness and pain. Alhamdulillah, for guidance and Islam. Alhamdulillah, for everything, O Lord. Yet I don't thank you enough. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you. Um, it's good. It's, it's good. Really, to... It's really terrible. You know, it's yeah. really it just 
I'm I'm so I don't know. I'm I'm just so disheartened uh, at the amount of evil that has been allowed to prevail in in this world of ours. And what shocks me most uh, is the absolute comatose sheeple out there who are still um, asleep, completely indifferent or just downright uh, selfish. They, you know, they don't care as long as long as it doesn't hit them on their backyard. They they don't care. I, I got an in, I got into an argument with um, a, a, a British um, uh, what do you call it? He's got a he's got a talk show, and um, sometimes he likes to you know get get me on just phone in and. Uh, and he likes to trap me sometimes. He's unfortunately he's um, although he's a nice guy, he's a, a bit on the far right, and he can't he he and his viewers hate Muslims. They don't like Islam, you know. They go on on and on about um, immigrants, and you know they blame everything on Muslims. They you know they they think you know that they, they have this stupid belief that the only reasons why Muslims are coming to this country. Um, is twofold. One is to raping uh, their women, and uh, which is which is is uh, rife, by the way, throughout Europe. And secondly, you're saying, you're saying um, the, the belief is rife, not not the rape. Yes, the belief yeah. the belief is rife. Oh no, not not the rape itself, but the, but the belief that our you know our Muslim men, you know, they think that all immigrants who come to this country. All these refugees who are coming to this country or, you know, to, to Europe that, you know, that they're all Muslims, all of them. They, they don't take into account that, you know, a lot of them are from Africa. Um, many are from Asia, like Bangladesh and uh, Sri Lanka and even India itself. Um, they, they are not all uh, Muslims. They are not all Arabs. And they are not all refugees. Some of them are economic migrants, but they're all lumped in the Islamic basket. And everybody just wants to portray this false image that, you know, our men are just coming here to rape uh, white women. You may, may, may uh, do, do you think do you think that is because that these European societies are suffering demographic collapse because of their sexual immorality? They have they've decoupled sexuality from marriage, so they're not having any more children. They're not reproducing, and their governments therefore have to bring in people from abroad just to have enough people to pay the social security of all the old people. Well, and, of course. The, and and so they're jealous because Muslims are still reproducing. So this isn't really about sex or rape or anything like that. What it's really about is that Muslims still reproduce themselves because they still have families and the Europeans well, this, don't. This, yes. Yeah. But Kevin, this 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 is precisely the point. Um, yes. Uh, uh, this immigration is being it's intentional. I mean, you've got that uh, Swedish Jewish woman, Barbara Spector. I don't know if you've watched her video where she talks about um, forcing uh, immigrants into Europe because um, the Jews and th these are her words. So don't take my word for it. Go look it up for yourself. She said it's about time we the Jews taught the Europeans a lesson and that um, it's important for the Jews to uh, dilute the, uh, the the white Europeans. 
you know, and and uh, turn them into a people of color, mixed colors. This is a Jewish woman talking. It's not me talking. So don't, you know, don't take everything I say as as gospel. Go and look it up for yourself. She she openly speaks about this um, on a YouTube video, and and there are there are others. There was an American. Um, I don't know if he was a senator or whatever. He, uh, he, he, ADL chap. He was saying the same thing that it's very important for, for us, you know, to get rid of, um, uh, white uh, Europe or, or what they call EDOM. They keep coming out with this EDOM rubbish, which I'm so sick of hearing about. Right. And yeah. also, you know, the, the, these people, they, they, they seem to think that, you know, Oh, white people are under attack that, you know, they are the victims. Look, they may be, they may be victims in, in some ways, but they're not the only ones. I mean, with the COVID scandemic, you know, with this depopulation and eugenics and everything, it, it's being targeted at all of us, uh, at the whole of humanity. It, it's not picking and choosing. You know, it's targeting all of us. Is this what what you tell the, is this what you tell the the white nationalist radio host on his show? Oh yeah, I've said that to him. I mean, he, he sarcastically uh, said to me, Oh, Mason, please allow me, uh, uh, allow me my racism. Um, (laughs) I I need it. I I need it to keep it going. He identifies as a racist and and it's it's really cruel of you, you know, not to accept his self identification. I mean, you're actually, you know, kind of, you should probably be deplatformed. I I, I mean, you know, uh, and and then you know you, you you know you try and um look not not all these immigrants um kevin are genuine people i personally know th- there were a couple of articles that um i spoke to with some other talk show host uh, and he confirmed what i was saying that the israelis were actually paying african um migrants who are coming to israel you know because you know um israel uh caused trouble in Sudan and divided it and um they they took South Sudan which just so happens to have the oil fields. Yeah, isn't that interesting and, uh, the Israelis are always doing that they they divide yeah, up, exactly. Yeah. They, yeah, they broke so, off the Kurds to steal all those resources. They broke off South Sudan to steal those resources. They're they're really good at that. Yeah, I mean that you know that they, they they're in uh, Mosul and Kirkuk. They're in northern Syria, again, where all the oil fields are. Um, they took South Sudan. And, of course, a lot of the um, uh, Africans from South Sudan or, or wherever, Eritrea and so on and so forth, they end up going to Israel because, you know, they think it's, um, you know, it's like they, they used to think America's paved with gold. They think Israel's paved with gold. So they end up going there. And the, the Israelis, you know, they're so racist against black people anyway especially in the falashes. It's all right for the falashes to be used in the Israeli army and to die for them in the Israeli army, but they treat them like third-class citizens, whereas Palestinians are fifth, sixth, seventh-class citizens in their own country. But anyway, getting back to this um, thing, the the Israelis uh, gave the Africans um, options. They said, you can either go back to, to where you came from, from Africa, or you can stay in concentration camps in Israel. And the third option was, 
we will give you around $2,000 and we want you to head to Europe. Hmm. And well, of course, uh, <laughs> didn't they get the it, option to convert to Judaism? Just one little circumcision no, and you're in? No, because the Jews don't, you know, they don't like, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's like a hypocrisy with the Jews. One minute, um, you know, they, they want to support black people and so on and so forth, but they don't welcome them to Israel. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, they will tell you that they are not white people. I've I've heard this time and time again from Jews. They keep saying we are not white people. They they completely exempt themselves from um, white people, from white Europe. Well, genetically, they are Europeans, aren't they? Exactly, they are. But I don't know why they always always say, well, we are not white people. Hmm. Well, that's because they're the master race and and the chosen folk and all that. It's really strange. And, you know, I was talking to that, uh, uh, he's actually Scottish, you know, I was saying, you know, you just don't take into account what your country has done to people around the world. You've gone and uh, invaded, colonized, um, bombed to hell and back other nations. You've stolen their resources to help your country build itself at the expense and the impoverishment of the countries you've colonized. And then you moan about these people coming to your country, coming to your borders, uh, seeking refuge after you've absolutely uh, bombed them to smithereens. You know, it's like the Stockholm syndrome. I I, I still don't understand it myself. You know, these uh, victims, uh, refugees from Syria or Yemen or Iraq always end up coming here. To the country that bombed that bombed the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. Although actually, Tur- just, Turkey has far. I think Turkey has way more refugees than all of the other European countries combined. Oh yes, that's true. And Jordan. I mean, Jordan took in a lot, you know. But uh, I, I'm so disgusted with it with Arab countries. What? I, you know, I, I really am. That 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 that's another story. You know, that uh, our our um, so-called Arab rulers. You know. Uh, none of of whom uh, were democratically elected by their people. They they were ironically all installed by the British colonialists. Every single one of them, apart from uh, you know um, uh, President Assad and so on. But the Gulf Arabs, you know, they're all these are all man-made uh, Gulf states. I mean, it's like Kuwait. Kuwait was created out of Iraq. Britain divided Iraq. And uh, created Kuwait, and it just so happens it's where the oil fields were. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a surprise! What a coincidence! And, and also, it was yeah, a, it, a minor official it? in the British Foreign Office who invented the name of Saudi Arabia. He just pulled it out of his rear end, and that's where. Well, the there we are. I mean, the Saudi, the, the Saudis. You know, nineteen uh, was it sort of around nineteen seventeen, eighteen, up to nineteen twenty something. You know, the the the, the British. Um, they started getting together these uh, these uh, bandit tribes of the Wahhabs and the, the Saud, and they went around um, killing uh, the indigenous uh, Arab tribes in Najd and Hijaz, which is what uh, Arabia used to be known as. They slaughtered the other tribesmen uh, with the, with the funding and the training of uh, the British. And then the British created this phony monarchy 
that you have in, in, in occupied Arabia. And, and, and of course, you know, they've intermarried with the Bedouin tribes, uh, in the Gulf, you know, like Bahrain and, and, uh, UAE and Qatar and all that, lo- all that lot. Um, I mean, I, I was watching, um, coverage of, of the earthquake, uh, just very briefly on Al Jazeera. English. Yeah, let's, talk, let's talk about an earthquake because that, that was the first I mean, topic. I, I was so sick to death of the coverage on Al Jazeera. They were trying to imply that um, Syria government is denying any aid into their country, which is not true. I mean, America apparently has already sent a drone in, into the into the um, uh, earthquake area, and the Syrian army had to shoot it down. And right. of course, immediately Western press, oh look, uh, President Assad, he's. Uh, He's he's attacking the uh, you know the a convoys uh, this that and the other and he's bombing his own people and all this uh, boulder dash that they always come out with and as I said to you when I spoke to you yesterday or, or whenever it was um, I actually have my suspicions I've got no proof but I have my suspicions that um, this earthquake was not a natural disaster th- th- there are many. Um, you know, many, many points and suspicions leading to that. You had, um, Europe, NATO, uh, angry with uh, Turkey because it refused to allow Sweden to, to become a member. Well, yes, yes. Let, let me just read the first paragraph from this story dated February 2nd, which is what, three, four days before the earthquake. Uh, that the headline is Turkey denounces psychological war as Western consulates close. And the story begins, the Turkish interior minister accused the United States and the West on Thursday of waging psychological war against Turkey after several states temporarily closed consulates in Istanbul on the grounds of a heightened terror threat. So there's this huge crisis between Turkey and its Western so-called partners or occupiers. And then a couple of days later, boom, uh, this earthquake hits. And, uh, exactly. It, yeah, it, it, is a, exactly. it is a bit suspicious. And, uh, uh, yeah, and Erdogan, you know, he said that, you know, uh, you know, he wanted them to stop meddling in in the uh, political affairs, election uh, affairs of, of of Turkey. So that that's another uh, that's another pointer. And and like you said, um, the uh, what was it? The 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 embassies. That's right. The why were the Western embassies all closed? Why did they close them in Turkey? And why were Westerners advised? to leave under the pretext that, oh, there's going to be a, a terrorist attack. And why did Israel, a few weeks ago, apparently, Israel was boasting it had um, it, an elaborated system for p- predicting earthquakes with an 80% precision. Now, I- I'm sorry, but that, that sends alarm, alarm bells to me. Yes. You know, well, well, it's like the U.S. intelligence agencies that predicted COVID when they couldn't possibly have known about it unless they were the ones who had created it by hitting. You know, they they put out that warning in uh, November of 2019 about a terrible pandemic brewing in Wuhan, China. Now, at that time, nobody, least of all the Chinese government, would have had the slightest clue that a bunch of people maybe had you know, colds and flus uh, because there there would have only been you know a few hundred in a city of what ten or twenty million. So, yeah, if you, if you know that something like that is coming, it kind of suggests that maybe you're the one who's doing it. 
Exactly. And um, what's that? There's a Latin term, qui prodis. Uh, I can never remember it. it, it it's it basically the, uh, the definition is the one who, who suspects it did it or something. I can't remember the exact uh, Latin, um, a Latin word, but, but, but anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I'm highly suspicious. I mean, Peter Koenig, your friend, uh, he, he, he just wrote an article with, with that headline. But he didn't go into, you know, what, what he meant by what he was um, implying in, in, in his title of his article. He just, you know, started talking about what, you know, uh, the, what's happened with the earthquake and how many people have died and what Erdogan has said. But he should have, um, you know, g- dug in and, 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 and told us what, what, what he meant. But he didn't. Yeah, this is really one of the biggest failings, I think, of uh, popular awareness is is the complete failure to understand the horrific threat, not only of nuclear weapons, and we're now closer to midnight than ever in all of history, according to the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, but also biological weapons. And, you know, COVID could be the first shot in an endemic, you know, biowar situation with lots worse coming. And then also things like the earthquake weapons. We just don't know if an earthquake or a drought, for that matter, is natural or not. And I've been told by people who know, including somebody in Iran who works with a government program trying to counter the Western or U.S.-Israeli uh, weather attack on Iran. They've been promoting drought in Iran forever. They successfully promoted drought in Syria in order to destroy the Syrian economy prior to their destabilization of Syria, their, their war on Assad. And uh, so this this failure of people to be aware and and to acknowledge the the horror of modern weaponry and to get it under control that's probably going to be the epitaph of a human species yeah i mean koenig's title um kevin was turkey syria earthquake is this an act of terror no evidence so far but he didn't elaborate in in the the main content of his article about what his title was implying, and he should have done that. Well, I'll get him on the show yeah. and hold hold his uh, finger to the fire or his feet to the fire, whatever you're supposed to hold. Well, to well, you, well you should. <laughs> and, and then, and now we have Israel. Uh, good old Israel uh, has now said that it's ready to bomb the Iranian aid deliveries to Syria. Yeah, I mean, you can believe that they're going to bomb the aid that, deliveries. <laughs> yeah, because they're claiming that the. Um, the Iranians are exploiting the, the, the tragedy of the earthquake uh, to send uh, weapons to Syria uh, for Hezbollah. You know, I, I, think, uh, I think Israel should just change its name to uh, Psychopaths Are Us. Exactly. Well, I, I, I think they should. I think there should be another word for, 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 for this entity because. I don't think there's there's one that's strong enough in the in the uh, in, uh, English vocabulary for these people. They just they just isn't. So what do you, you, know, what do you think of, of? Okay, so Iran is sending aid, and the reason Israel's bombing the Iranian aid is because Iran helps the Palestinian resistance. It helps uh, Hezbollah, the Lebanese resistance against Zionism. Uh, and yeah. and to, tomorrow is the 44th anniversary of the Islamic Revolution in Iran that installed this government that has been steadfastly anti-Zionist. Uh, so what what are your thoughts on that? You know, I just got back from Iran. And well, well uh, what you think. I mean, first of all, um, first of all, Kevin, what business is it of America or the Israelis if Iran um, has uh, arms deals with Syria? 
I mean, what about the bloody Americans? You've got 750 uh, military bases, uh, sorry, yes, 750 military bases around the world. And you have, what, 100 and just over 150, this is in 150 countries. And America's military budget um, far exceeds the combined uh, budget of Russia and China and other countries. Uh, I mean, it's all right for America to do this, this and this, or Israel to do this, this and this. Israel, you know, Israel is about the third, fourth largest arms dealer in the world. But nobody can talk about that. It's a taboo. You can't you, you can't talk about it at all. Right. But, well, you know, they, 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 they can they can everybody. they can do anything to you, but you can't do anything back to them. Exactly. You know, I mean, it, it's just it's just utter hypocrisy from the West. I mean, you know, the, they want to call uh, uh, ter- uh, Palestinians terrorists for resisting their own occupation. Uh, uh, I mean, did they did they call? Um, the resistance movements during World War Two, who were fighting against the occupation of their countries by the Nazis, were they called terrorists? Well, usually the you know, the occupiers, you know, made up they make up this word terrorist to refer to the uh, anti-occupation forces. There's the book Dying to Win by Robert Pape, that professor at I think it's U of Chicago or one of those Chicago universities, who discusses how. Pretty much, you know, every act of so-called suicide terrorism has been against occupiers. It's and it's a rational act, and it's designed to, to drive occupiers out of one's country. Now, now, I mean, so there's a strange sound in the background. Do you have like something squeaking? Do you have mice uh, chewing on your no, it's, microphone? No, it's, it's not me. I thought it was from you. Huh? Well, maybe it's from the Zionists. That's right. It's probably Unit eighty two hundred. No, it just came on. It's got nothing to do with me. I'm, I'm just sitting with my laptop on my, on my lap. As uh, soon as I mentioned it was Unit eighty two hundred, it stopped. Oh, <laughs> no, it had nothing to do with me. But I, I, I mean, I just, I just want these people to explain to me why anybody who dares support the Palestinian cause or dares to be in any way sympathetic to the Palestinian cause is automatically uh, either called a terrorist. Or they throw in their ruse of anti-Semitism, which is laughable, because the Palestinians are the true Semites, and it is the Israeli Jews, the majority of whom are Khazarian Jews, who are non-Semitic, who are the real anti-Semites. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just one big joke. And, you know, I want the West to understand that um, even under, still under the UN international law, Palestinians are under occupation. And under number 17512 of the Protocols to the Geneva Convention of um, August the 12th, uh, 1949, we have every right uh, to resist colonial occupation. Um, It is an inherent right of our people and it is our right uh, to also include armed struggle. And many of, of the people who are dying in Palestine, uh, they, they actually are all civilians. 
all of them. You cannot say the same about the Israelis, and that, that includes their settlers. Their settlers serve in the Israeli army. All adults, 18 plus, in the Israeli entity serve um, in the Israeli army. And these settlers have free reign and access to uh, weapons uh, in the uh, Israeli offense forces. So you cannot classify them uh, as uh, being civilians because they are not. Okay, they, they well, that's, are, I've, I've, I've heard that uh, argument many times, and I tend to agree with it, although at the same time, when there are these, you know, like kids and stuff who really haven't grown up enough to really know what's going on, and they get killed, it's it's really sad. But, yeah, I, I hear you. Well, you know, I, I, yeah, I think I, 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 I solved the mystery, though, Maison, that, that, that noise, I, I think it was Lynn Din, because he's actually on the line with us. Uh, oh, Lynn, are you there? Yes, yes. Okay. We're, we're, do you have a mouse attacking your, your microphone? Um, I have these cheap speakers. I don't know. Maybe it's doing something weird. Yeah, yeah. You're were, you were giving us some Jimi Hendrix-style feedback. Or maybe G should, Jimi Hendrix so meets... Should I just turn it off for a while and wait until you call me back? No, you're good, because actually this is kind of when you're, you're, it's time for you to join us. And and I, I think that Maysoon is going to hang around, too, maybe a little bit. So, Maysoon, did you have anything else you wanted to get off your proverbial chest uh, before we ask Lynn um, about uh, what he thinks about this stuff and other things? Yes. I mean, like, like you said, you know, I, I had my suspicions about the earthquake, you know, with regards to uh, harps technology, because I know that, you know, uh, America and Israel both have um, tectonic weapons, as, as they are called. And I'm, I'm not the only one. I've had many people, because, um, you know, I have a telegram channel and I also look on other channels. And and I, I was I just posted a comment about, you know, my own suspicions. And I was I was absolutely shocked that how many people were, you know, were were agreeing with me and. You know, and then you, you know, you, I just don't understand it. You, you know, you've got the West, uh, uh, lauding people like Zyolensky. I call him Zyolensky. Um, giving him awards. You know, the French Macron gave him a, a, a special award. Um, he was given a, a, a warm, uh, um, welcome in, in the U.S. Senate. He was, um, a warm, given a warm, a warm welcome. welcome. He, he was practically worshipped as an idol. Yeah, and and warmly welcomed in in Parliament. And have you noticed this man never seems to change his clothes? He's always wearing that khaki um, khaki uh, uh, sweatshirt and trousers. So he hasn't, he hasn't mean, changed he, it in a year and a half. It, it must be uh, pretty fragrant by now. Yeah, I mean, he, he even met Prince Charles, and he was wearing that dirty outfit. I mean, that man is a dirty criminal. He's a cocaine snorting. Uh, pornographic. Um, uh, he's, he's a good piano player. Oh yeah, well you know when you use your sexual organ to play the piano and you know do your homosexual uh, uh, you know dances. I mean, what, what can you expect? Uh, I, I hear he does a great cover version of Jerry Lee Lewis's uh, "Whole Lot of Wanking Going On." Oh, he, he's absolutely dreadful, and and the amount of uh, money. But that man and his wife, his, well, I don't think she's his wife, actually. I, I think she, it's just a front because he's supposed to be gay. Um, but then again, he could be bisexual. Who knows? Well, these, peop these, these people, people are all polymorphous. They're, they're all, they're all weird. I mean, we're, we're living, in, we're living in evil times. 
we're living in, in a time of Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, let, let's and, see what Lin Din thinks because he he yeah. actually I don't know. Do you know Lin's work, uh, Maison? Well, I have I have read I have read his stuff in the past. I haven't re- read anything recent, but yes, I because he, he definitely has covered the seamy side of a whole lot of places and and done it pretty well. So, hey, say, Lynn, do you agree with Maysoon that we're living in Sodom and Gomorrah? Totally, and it's getting worse by the second. Is is this everywhere, or pretty much just the West, or or what? Well, it, it is it is centered in the West, but it's spreading. You know, the whatever starts in the West starts to spread across the globe uh, yeah. as a trendy, as a cool thing to do. Yeah. So you even see that here in Cambodia. You know. So yeah, t- tell us where you are exactly. Uh, I'm in I'm in Siem Reap, uh, near Angkor Wat. I, I just got here um, about ten days ago. Yeah. Wow. Cool. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you, I noticed that you have found sort of West, West, what do you call it? West Dollar you know, the, the, the Islamic Revolution people. And of course, the, that big anniversary is coming up tomorrow, the 44th anniversary of the Islamic Revolution in Iran. They talked about West toxication and the idea that, you know, these people all over the world get intoxicated on these images of the West, uh, which are often superficial or misleading images. And you've documented this in your photographs. Uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Well, um, I was in Thailand just before I got to Cambodia, and I was in Pattaya, which is uh, really hell on earth because it's where a lot of uh, rich, well, not even rich, just people with money from the West and even from China, they come there to have sex, you know. So, it's, uh, so maybe that's why I thought of Paul Bowles eventually because, uh, you know, uh, people with money from richer countries, they go to these poor places and they use their money uh, to find what they can't get back home, you know, sex and even love, or they think they find love here. So, uh, you know, the story I just wrote about, the Paul Bo story, you know, you have an American who is in an unfamiliar place, but he's trying to assert his will, you know, his, um, his desire, uh, you know, in this case, it wasn't sexual desire. He wants these, uh, camel other boxes, you know, these, whatever they are, you know. So, uh, you know, he, he's only been to this village, uh, for three days, a decade earlier, and he's returning, but he wants to show that he, he belongs there, that he's familiar with the place. And he irritates the Moroccans because they realize he doesn't know what he's talking about. So, yeah, you know, he's uh, a total, he's a phony, a he's, total phony. Well, but it's, 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 he's an innocent, but he's a very arrogant innocent, you know? So in a sense, he punishes himself by walking into his own death. You know, so, I, I, you know, I, yeah, I, I know that you're uncomfortable with Bo's uh, take on the Moroccans, but, uh, you know, the tribe that in, in the story is a fictional tribe, and it's a tribe that is, uh, that is shunned by Moroccans themselves in the stories. You know, there is no such tribe. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, when the American asked for these camel other boxes, the Moroccan waiter was angry. You know, he got, it annoyed him because he, 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 he stated that he, that he doesn't buy these boxes from these people. You know, that he's rather contemptuous of these people. Right. And yet the American walks towards these, uh, this dreaded tribe, this dreaded fictional tribe. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's so much, um, uh, hilarity in the story because he's a linguist, right? But whenever he speaks in the local dialects, um, the locals don't respond to him, you know, in um, in in the dialect, they they try to speak to him in bad French, or in uh, I guess uh, more standard Arabic. Well, you know, I, I actually have that problem too in Morocco. A lot of people do because Moroccans typically are are pretty good in French and Arabic, and some of them in Spanish. 
And uh, Darija, you know, if you haven't gotten fluent in Darija, it's easier for them just to code switch. Right, right. So, but, but you know, it's, I mean, the irony of, of, of a linguist, you know, he, he's there to, to study the, the variations, uh, you know, in these dialects. So he's supposed to be so well-versed in these dialects, and yet he can't even, you know, uh, have basic exchanges with, with the locals, you know. So uh, a linguist is a study of, of, of tongues, you know, so he has his tongue cut out. So I think that, that, that act is more symbolic than anything. I, I doubt if there was any um, Moroccan tribe who actually cut the tongue, the tongue of the captives out. Maybe they did. I don't know. But but in the story, it had to happen. You know, I mean, this rather arrogant American linguist lost his tongue and lost his uh, ability to even think. Well, did you know that after 9-11, there was a huge resurgence of interest in this particular story, and it was totally unironic that all of these idiotic Americans and Westerners were reading this story as a actual straightforward depiction of the horrific violence of the dark-skinned Arabs. Um, seriously, <laughs> they, go know, back and look at those that. stories. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but, you know, Bose, Bose, Bose is very interested in uh, the weirder solutions to life's basic problems, let, let us say. You know, I mean, uh, there's a story of a, of a, of a, of a white teenager uh, on some tropical island, and he's seducing all the boys and men. Well, he's actually paying them to have sex. Right. So um, and at, at one point, he even tried to seduce his own father. So I, I think that's a very interesting story, you know, because, uh, you know, these whites, they bring the decadence to these places and then yeah. they come home and say these places are, have nothing but, uh, you know, whores and prostitutes like yeah, in Pattaya. Like Thailand. Right. Right. Yeah, but, like Thailand. Yeah, especially Thailand. But see, uh, Morocco actually has a bit of that problem, too. But Bowles, I think, in a sense, is guilty of the very thing that he's uh depicting of course you know he's satirizing in the story a distant episode because just as this professor is interested in getting camel boxes made by this this desert tribe you know collecting this exotic artifact uh Bowles was interested in the primitive and exotic side of Morocco indeed we see that in the story as he's imagining this barbaric tribe that cuts out people's tongues but we see it also in other stories like the one you described and uh, his work in general. And so it seems to me that he's a little bit like that professor, and then he goes to Morocco, and what does he look for? He looks for the dark side and the, you know, the, the magic. He looks for the lowest, you know, lowest level of society, the people practicing black magic and homosexuality and all this kind of stuff, and uh, he misses the beauty of the high culture of Islam which is all over the place there, but you kind of have to, you know, you have to meet the actual good people to, to find out about it. I mean, the bad people come right after you. Just like, just like if you're, if you're, you know, meditating or something and you're, you know, getting in touch with the other world, the, you know, the, the Alam al-Akhar or the Alam al-Raib, the hidden world, uh, which spirits are going to come to you first? They're the, the bad ones. They're the ones that can get something from you. They want something from you. And that's why it's a good idea not to practice magic. Uh, but likewise, in a, in a place like Morocco, somebody like Bowles, who's going to come after him? Some people who want his money, uh, hookers, you know, these kind of, you know, male hustlers and stuff. And that's the side of Morocco that he's interested in and he exploits in his writing. And so I actually wrote this 
a very short answer on Quora about this, right? The, the question was, Moroccans are known internationally, but what is the dark side of them we've never heard about? And I point out that there's the whole discourse on Morocco, the Orientalist discourse on Morocco is nothing but the dark side. And nobody ever talks about the light side, which is the high Islamic culture. And I, so I think Bowles was a perfect example of that. Uh, I, yeah, he's a great writer, but uh, he's, you know, he's just like a per, he's symptomatic of this problem. Well, that's racism for you, uh, Kevin, isn't it? It's it's just pure unadulterated racism. That that's the only uh, you know image they want to portray uh, about the Islamic world. They they never want to show us um, in, in a in a nice light. They don't want to show us that we too have families. We too love each other. You know, we work hard. We raise our our family and our children. Uh, and, you know, we have our dreams and aspirations like everybody else does. But the, the West just completely ignores its own barbarism and it completely ignores its sexual perversity. But it's happy to expose everybody else's. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, well, in, a, in a distant episode, um, you know, uh, the protagonist, the professor, he goes towards a tribe that, that is shunned by the uh, the other Moroccans. See, so, he, but, so he's but going that's, that's exactly what Bowles does. Bowles goes to the uh, yeah. the very Moroccans so who are shunned he, by the other Moroccans. Right. So, so in a sense, he he he's asking for his own torture and death. You know, and I think the 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 pleasure of the story. Well, we are shocked by what happens to him because it's just so outlandish. But in a sense, we, we agree that it should happen to him because he asked for it. You know, he walks towards the, literally into the abyss and both use the word abyss. So he literally walks into hell for this, uh, these camel other boxes. So, you know, this preposterous desire to possess something weird, you know, so he asked for it. So in a sense, he deserved his own death. Yeah. So in a sense, both punishes his professor for his, uh, for his stupidity. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a classic example of obnoxious American innocence, and you put innocence in quotation marks, sort of like Colonel Sutpen in uh, Faulkner's Absalom, Absalom, that uh, yeah, that, that monstrous innocence, yeah, <laughs> that yeah, and, that, and you know, in pages from Cold Point, the the story of the teenage uh, uh, white uh, 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 boy uh, seducing his own father and uh, having sex with all the uh, villagers. Uh, it's clear that that they bring the decadence to the village and they scandalize the village, you know. So, uh, so I think Bowles is uh, is indicting uh, basically the white man, you know, not so much the the, the savage uh, dark man, but uh, basically his own people. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That was his intention, and it's just kind of sadly hilarious that these Western writers who took this story up right after nine eleven, just like right after like that week, go back and, and look that up, uh, that they missed that. And basically reread the story as simply depicting the savagery of the dark-skinned Arab race. <laughs> but, but you're right, Kevin. Uh, I mean, he, he he did go to Morocco for for the cheap sex, and so did his lesbian wife. I mean, they they lived very unusual lives. You know, they went there for the cheap sex. But the thing is, uh, there, there is an exchange here. You know, the uh, Jane Bowes was was also um, a prey. You know, she wasn't just a predator. I mean, the, the people she had sex with also had intentions of their own. Just as the, you know, this this tribe that, that killed the professor, they had their own desires, you know. So, you know, they, they got something out of it and they got the better uh, uh, part of the exchange, I would say. 
Yeah, but again, these these westerners are gravitating, you know, towards kind of the the scuzzy Moroccans, just like you, Lynn, sometimes gravitate towards the scuzzy part of town when you go visit a new place. Uh, you've been known to go for, photograph like these bars in Philadelphia and and the things like that that are are quite you know interesting. Your photographs you know have a particular style, but it sometimes it it struck me that you you seem to be kind of attracted by the uh, the low life element of these places that you visit. Uh, you, you should you should see Philadelphia right now. I mean, I'm shocked at what I see on YouTube. <laughs> the Philadelphia I photographed was even, you know, it's nothing like the way it has turned out. I mean, Philadelphia is sinking even deeper into hell. I think it's I think it's all over America, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. The Americans. I was telling some Iranians this. You know, I, I noticed in Iran there's some of the same misinformation about the U.S. that you've written about, Lynn, uh, and these people who, you know, kind of imagine that it's paradise. And mm. I ran into one guy in Iran who sort of seemed to sort of think that way. It's like, oh, could I come home with you? I, da, 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 da. Uh, and uh, and I, I told some of these people, you know, a couple times actually I brought up the fact that the streets in downtown Tehran are really nice and clean. And uh, and, and one, one guy sort of apologized because there was some maybe it wasn't a homeless guy but it was kind of a poor guy who was just like leaning up against a light pole or something it's like the only thing in this beautiful spotless boulevard and this guy sort of apologizes and says yeah the economy's bad or i said you know if if we were taking the same walk in san francisco we would be holding our noses uh, to avoid <laughs> the pungent smell of urine we would be stepping very gingerly to avoid the human feces and the homeless people who are emitting the feces who are lying in front of us. We'd have to be careful not to step on dirty needles. Uh, and we'd be lucky if these people, these homeless people, uh, didn't, none of them attacked us as we walked past them. And that's basically the experience I've had the last few times I've been to San Francisco. Like half the town now smells like urine. And these guys are going, really? America? Like, see, it seems like yeah. a lot of folks don't realize how bad it's gotten in some of the big cities. And also, how many how many thousands are living in their own cars because they've lost lost their homes? Or um, I, I heard that you know they're living in these um, sort of underground tunnels or whatever it is. No, no, America. Uh, unfortunately, in, in my opinion, America has completely um, it's sold its soul uh, to the usual suspects, um, and this was intentional because. Um, Israel wants to replace the United States as the next nuclear superpower. And the only way it can do that is to politically, financially, uh, religiously and morally uh, destroy America. And that's exactly what's, what, um, what has happened. And it's sad that Americans don't realize this. All your money, you know, you've been giving Israel money in the billions while your own people are suffering. Uh, I just don't understand. I don't understand that. Lynn, would you agree with that? Yeah, totally, totally. And I, 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 I enrage uh, too many Americans whenever I point out they cowardice because it's total cowardice. You know, yeah. they are afraid to name the enemy. You know, so they they lash out at the wrong people. Yeah. They lash out at people who are actually yeah. sympathetic towards them. Well, such as me. Cow. You know? It's a sacred yes. cow, isn't it? It's a sacred cow. That you mustn't say anything against the sacred cow. Nobody, you know, even in in you know in Parliament here, uh, you know, one or two uh, MPs have lost their jobs because you know they they want to sympathise maybe with the Palestinians or or something, and that that's a no no. 
uh, and and your uh, you know senators and Congress, uh, every single one of them are completely sold out um, to, to to Israel. I mean, you know, your their allegiance isn't to the United States Constitution, which again they're destroying or have destroyed. And in any case, your Constitution has gone; it was replaced. Uh, by the Noahide laws that um, your president signed into in, into as a bill from uh, you know uh, what's his name Obama through to um, to um, Donald Trump, but again a lot of you don't know about well, the Noahide laws. Well, I'm not so laws. worried about the Noahide laws. I've argued about this with Adam Green, and people can refer to the, that for the long version of that. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I do think that there's yeah you know, there's an issue of ethnically Jewish people being, you know, a market dominant minority in a lot of markets, including media and, and finance. Um, you know, if you talk in, with a broad brush, clearly Jews have replaced wasps as the dominant ethnic element in the United States. And of course you can, you know, I guess you could argue that there's some, some good that's come from that. Groucho March, Marx is a lot wittier than Margaret Dumont. <laughs> But uh, there may also but be Kevin, a downside. Kevin, we're, 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 not we're, not against, we're not against biological Jews. You know, we're against Jewish thinking, you know, the Jewish mindset. You know, we're not against anybody born Jewish, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, well, but I, why? I, I want to ask you two why. Why have this this particular tribe, if you want to call them that, why have they chosen this path? Nobody coerced them to choose this path. They chose this dark path. And they want to inflict it on everybody else. Why is that? We didn't force them to, uh, you know, to follow Satan or to follow Lucifer. I mean, that I heard a rabbi saying that they worship Lucifer and Lucifer uh, d- defines as, as, as the light and the Jews think they are the light unto the world. Well, I want to know but, why have but they just the concept of, of the chosen, you know, I mean, yeah. the concept that, 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 you know, that they are chosen. So they, they think uh, they think in blanket terms. You know, you either with them or you agree with them or you uh, serve them or you are the enemy. You know, and well, uh, I'm this, their enemy. <laughs> right, and I'm I'm the enemy too because anyone who disagrees with them to the least degree has to be you know punished. And you know that Jewish thinking was what uh, Cambodia suffered. You know, because all the leaders, all the top leaders of the Khmer Rouge were were, were Marxists. They were educated in Paris. You know, yeah. uh, so they came back with this either mindset, this Jewish mindset that they need to punish whole classes of people. That's Jewish thinking in essence. Well, this is so communism the, as well, Lynn. They created exactly, communism. Exactly. Communism is, is Jewish thinking. Yeah, exactly. So the, the Cambodians suffer a, the great reset through the, the genocide. You know, yeah. they suffer a real genocide, not, not a fake Holocaust. They really suffer. And they've yeah, a, never, rabbi, you know, a rabbi admitted that uh, communism is an extension of Zionism. And if you criticize communism, uh, you're criticizing Zionism. Well, and I, they, I, I, I don't agree with that, Yeah, let, let me just push back a little bit. I think that communism and Zionism are both arguably Jewish millenarian messianic movements. But they're two different millenarian messianic movements. Communism attempts to be universal. And... Of course, it, you, we, you know what the ideology is, right? Dictatorship of the proletariat, the state will wither away, paradise on earth. 
That's so. That's it's it's millenary and messianic. It's life will be perfect once the communists uh, triumph, according to their their belief system. And likewise with Zionism, it's a totally different millenary messianic ideology in which when the you know Jews go back and get the promised land and take over the Holy Land, and then maybe their Messiah will come and destroy the Mesjid al-Aqsa, you know, the Islamic world's greatest oldest architectural monument, and build a blood sacrifice temple and conquer the Goyim. You know that's the extreme version of Zionism. But in any case, Zionism and communism are totally different. Yeah, they're yes, both. They're diff- yeah. Yes, they're different, Kevin. But th- this is the whole point. It's in their protocols. They are told to infiltrate every single political party. And, and this is what they have done. They, they work under different banners. This is all, it's all them. It's all them behind it. And in any case, you, you know, you know my, my views. About all this, I mean, look, and, and I, I've probably lost agrees with relatives. you more than with me, actually. You know, so. I've I've lost relatives to these people. My own father w- was um, nearly murdered by them, so I have a personal dislike for these people. And I don't believe. Uh, I'm sorry to say, I don't believe that today's Jews um, f- follow the uh, authentic uh, Torah that. Uh, Almighty God gave to Prophet Moses. Today's uh, Jewry or Judaism, it, it to me is a cult. It, it is not a re- religious belief system that believes in God. I mean, if you read some of the things that's in the Talmud, it's so shocking, um, you know. But anyway, I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Well, Lynn, you probably don't totally disagree with. That. I, I disagree partially with that. I, th- I think it's possible to have a positive. Uh, interpretation of Judaism, which is a legitimate religion uh, that we Muslims are supposed to protect. Um, but I would admit there are a lot of there are some built in problems that have led a lot of Jewish people astray. What do you think, Lynn? Yeah, but they're not the same. They're not the same as the 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 the, the, the Jews that I mentioned in the Quran, uh, Kevin. This is my point. Well, the, the Quran the warns us. The Quran warns us against Jews, actually. And it, frankly, those warnings seem. They- Pretty That's prophetic, why they've gone as it to were. Mecca and got the, trying to get our imams to uh, to change the Quran, just like they 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 uh, changed and distorted the Christian uh, Bible. They're trying to do the same with with them um, the Quran now. Yeah, which which is incredibly obnoxious. What do you think, Lynn? Well, Kevin, I think the, whether they're religious or not religious, I think you're, uh, too many Jews, if they are. Uh, thinking like Jews, they are motivated by a kind of indignant hatred, you know. They they want revenge for the Holocaust, you know. They think people want to uh, uh, wipe them out, so they, they have to be on the offensive all the time, right? So, you know, they, they are so vengeful and so hateful and so eager to, you know, cancel you, cancel me, cancel entire groups of people. You know, uh, they're motivated by anger and hatred, you know. There's, there's no reconciliation with that kind of thinking, you know, and and I'm not against, like I said, I'm not against biological Jews. I mean, who cares if you're born Jewish? But if you think like a Jew, you know, then, then I have a serious problem with you. You know, I I, um, I, I annoy a Lebanese friend of mine when I criticize uh, Nasser, you know, because he, I, his socialism, his Jewish thinking destroyed Egypt. All right. So, I mean, that infuriated by my Lebanese friend because, she, you know, she thinks he's a great uh, Arab, uh, you know, nationalist. But no, you know, the irony is outwardly he may be against Israel, but he was contaminated by Jewish thinking to such a degree he destroyed Egypt. So, 
if, if an Oriental, you know, if a Vietnamese, if a Cambodian thinks like a Jew, I'm against him because it, it is a it is a toxin. It is a danger to me. You know, they go after you. You know, Jewish thinking. You know, because they 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 are motivated by a righteous need for revenge. They think they're doing the right thing. And how many holocausts have they carried out against the Gentile world, Lynn? How many? And they're doing it right now with, with, with exactly. the Jews, you know. Exactly. With the Jews, with Albert with and and with that's what that's where we disagree a bit, Lynn. I, I don't I don't accept that take. Or I don't believe in it. But you're well. Go ahead and give us the thirty second version if you only have one minute left. No, I'm just saying. Look, I mean, I think there's a genocide in progress right now with with the vaccine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you know, I call it the Jew jazz because so many Jews are behind it. Yeah. You know. So, um, okay, Kevin, you don't, you okay. disagree with me, but I, I think I, time will, will prove, you know, I mean, how many millions do they have to kill for it to qualify as, as, as a genocide? All right. And, and since it is done so systematically and globally, uh, you know, it is a huge conspiracy. This is the greatest crime ever. You well, know, we'll, I, I'm well, we'll, we'll probably be even more clear in a year or two, uh, how, just how terrible, how, you know, this, this, jab really is and uh, we can check in on that and and have another show but this hour is over so thank you uh lynn din and maysoon rice it's been a great conversation appreciate it thank you very much for the opportunity kevin okay take care thank bye, you lynn. Bye, bye bye everybody bye back in the next hour with zafar bangash of crescent international we'll be right back